This is Jim Minion from Two Loose Screws. I'm listening to Barbecue Central. So to get that perfect barbecue, you use wood. Are you sure it's safe? Whatever. We put the lighter fluid on, strike the match, and... Should we call the fire department? That might be a good idea. Welcome to the Barbecue Central Show, the show where we talk about all things that are important in the world of barbecue. From big-name interviews with competitors on the barbecue circuit, grill manufacturers and pit makers, to advice on cooking brisket and ribs, you'll find it all right here on the Barbecue Central Show. Your host, Greg Rempe, is a backyard barbecue and grilling fanatic and loves to talk about his passion, which many of us share together. You can learn more about barbecue and grilling by visiting the website, thebbqcentral.com. Now, let's get in the smoke. Here's your program host, Greg Rempe. Hey gang, welcome to another edition of the Really Big Barbecue Central Show. Yeah, it's the show that talks about all things important to the world of barbecue and grilling. We broadcast live and direct from the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame city of Cleveland, Ohio, rapidly becoming known as the barbecue capital of the North Coast. And certainly happy to have you aboard here on a Tuesday. That's the day we do it here. And C-Town broadcasting to you, not only statewide, not only countrywide, but because it's the internet, we have the ability to do this bad boy worldwide as well. So certainly happy to have you here on your Tuesday. If you want to get in touch with the show, you can do it. Contact information is the same. 877-448-0433. Greg at the BBQCentralShow.com are the two ways to get in touch with it here. 877 448 0433, Greg at com. There you go. All right, big show lined up tonight. So the first, well, this is the first segment, I suppose. But the next segment will be a little bit outside the box. If you are a subscriber to the newsletter, I believe there are roughly 10 spots left. So if you want to get on the newsletter, go to the Barbecue Central Radio Network homepage, you can find that the bbqcentralshow.com and then scroll down on the right hand side and you will see a link for the newsletter. You have to put an email address, obviously, because that's where it comes. And you can put in your name as well. You don't have to, uh, just really need, I believe, the email address. And then you can get the weekly heads up that comes out about every Tuesday at 3 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Give you a little idea who's going to be on the show, what we're going to be talking about. Every once in a while, some of the sponsors of the show like to put out a email blast of a secret, very private deal for the people that are on the newsletter. So if you want to be part of something, if you want to get in on something that most people don't normally get to get in on, then you want to sign up for those last few spots of the newsletter. Not going to make it any bigger. Want to keep it kind of a nice, intimate gathering of me and 500 of my closest friends and neighbors. So you can do that again by going to the Barbecue Central Radio Network homepage, thebbqcentralshow.com, and then scroll down to where it says newsletter. Sign up from there. You'll be happy that you did, I swear to God. Also, Perhaps you have missed a few shows. You've been on vacation, you've been out of the country, you've been in China where they restrict the internet altogether and barbecue. They hate it. No fear. If you're out for a period of time, just go to iTunes. You can also go to a number of podcast directories. You can get the show all the way back from when it was incepted. Is that right? Incepted? When it began? 
the live show, that is. Uh, that was back February 7th of 2007, I believe. So we're rapidly coming up on four years. And you can hear what the show sounded like. And by sounded like, I mean it sounded like crap back in February of 2007, all the way to what we have now. So if you've ever missed a portion of the show, don't fret. Don't worry. Do yourself a flavor and sign up via iTunes or any of those podcast directories. If you ever need the show XML, that's a very geeky term, but if you don't have iTunes and you want to be able to get it somewhere on a web browser or download it to your MP3, you need an aggregator to get the podcast. I have the XML that I can get to you. So just email the show and I will make sure that you get that. Also give you some recommendations on some podcast software that has worked for me in the past. I don't have an iTunes, uh, an iTunes. Well, I have iTunes, but uh, I, I don't have an iPhone that I carry around. So I need to get it the way a normal MP3 player would get it. I hook my phone up to the computer and then I drag the files over. So we're geeking out a little bit here. Uh, but if you ever need the XML, shoot me an email. I will hook you up so you can rest assured that if you never catch the show live, you can always catch it in podcast fashion. That's the way the show started out many, many years prior to the uh, live show. And you'll get it that way. 877-448-0433. Greg at the BBQ Central Show. Dot com. Chad Wards needs an aggregator. Very professional, of course. We try to keep a, we try to maintain a level of decorum that you don't find anywhere else on other uh, media outlets around the interwebs. Thank you for noticing. Uh, here's what's happening. Next segment. Maybe it's maybe it's overdoing it a little bit, and I can only do so much because the show happens on Tuesdays. I can't be as timely, I suppose, as I want to be. I'm relegated by a calendar. We can thank the Mayans for that. And uh, as you are uh, all well aware, um, Sunday was September 11th, and I I didn't have a show then, so I wasn't able to give my own time to that particular day, uh, which is now 10 years past. So wanted to open up the second segment altogether and we'll talk about it a little bit. If you want to call in, uh, you know, this isn't a platform to levy your conspiracy theories or if you thought it was real or if it wasn't or if we've actually been to the moon or not. Um, but more the fact of, a, you know, a cathartic type of deal. Looking back 10 years later, what do you think's changed? Has anything changed? Uh, has have things changed for the better, for the worse, what could be done uh, to make things better, all that stuff. Uh, but more importantly, where were you 10 years ago? How did you hear about it? What were your thoughts then? What are your thoughts now? There were uh, there was a considerable amount of television coverage and specials, obviously because we have the decade uh, now passing. But one wanted to get your opinion on just... Everything that happened back in 2001, September 11th. So that's going to be second segment. A little outside the box, I know. But, of course, the show is successful because from time to time we take steps outside of the proverbial box. But we'll get right back into it. Third segment, one of my favorite recurring guests, Ted Reeder, the Canadian barbecue and grilling expert extraordinaire, will be joining me. And we have a number of things on the docket to talk about. We have some uh, hamburger tips to talk about and kind of refresh ourselves on as summer is starting to dwindle away. Had a few people ask me at work, you got any good burger recipes? Give me some good burger tips. No better person to ask than Ted Reeder, who has recently had a huge hamburger cookbook out. So we'll get some ideas from him. And then we will kind of 
step it up a little bit when it comes to the level of snootiness in the barbecue world. We'll ask Ted to give us some pairings, uh, beer pairings. You know, we're not necessarily all wine folks here, and we could pair wine all together all day long, but I know Ted is a, a beer guy. Of course, he's a huge Jack Daniels guy. Who's not a Jack Daniels guy, by the way? So we'll get some pairings of beers. There's a lot of beer out there. Beer seems to, I mean, beer has always been popular, right? I mean, it's one of the best things ever on the face of the earth besides money and sex. And uh, it seems that more and more handcrafted micro brewers are out there and you want to be able to, you know, maybe you're having a party. Maybe you want to know if you're cooking a steak, what types of beers, aside from my personal favorite, Budweiser, is going to properly enhance the flavors that you have on the table. You don't want to serve one thing, then you have a drink, and they're not mixing well together in your mouth. You want to be able to give that flavor enhancement and give that overall betterment of the flavor profile in your mouth. And Ted is going to talk to us about the beer, and uh, we'll just kind of go from there. Ted, always good for an anecdote or two. So uh, if you've ever had any questions, you can go ahead and uh, email those in as well. That'll wrap up the first hour. Second hour, we're going to go ahead and retreat back to the Jack Daniels talk. We have two more teams lined up to talk about getting down to the Jack. We have Mike Peters from Here Piggy Piggy Barbecue. Mike is also the guy that travels around in the KCBS Barbecue Tour, for those who didn't know. But he is qualified for the Jack Daniels, so we'll talk to him about getting down there. Also, we have closing out, and, and I think closing out strong, we are going, no pun intended, sir, for a four-way. Motley Q crew. The Motley Q crew is going to be joining me. Less one celebrity member who will remain lameless right now. But the uh, Motley Q crew guys will be joining me, and that is Mike Zeminick. He's known as Mikey Z. You have Matt Sproles, who is nicknamed Mustard. You have Ron Walker, who is Onion. And then Robert Wiley, who is Pit Boss. And we'll talk, I, you know. I had talked to the guys from Hot Grill on Grill Action, thought it was unique to the fact that you have four pitmasters within the same team responsible for different proteins. Uh, Kind of similar to the fact that there's four guys, but these guys are actually located at different parts of the country and then come together at various competitions to go ahead and try and win. So big, big idea on, you know, or I'd like to get their ideas on how they're able to keep it together. So that's what's happening. 877-448-0433. Greg at the BBQ Central Show. Dot com is the number to call. All right, guys. I talk about him a lot because he's a trusted online retailer, and I need you to fully grasp the fact of why that's important. Look, I can give you great deals all day long and twice on Sunday, but the bottom line is this. When you give me your order for a well-priced grill or bag of fuel or whatever the case may be, and then... That order never comes up. Guess what? You've been scammed, and it happens every day on the Internet. you got to deal with somebody that's trusted, somebody that supports the show, somebody who I have confidence in when I take my discretionary dollars and put them to use in keeping that industry of barbecue and grilling afloat. That's right. I go to Fred's Music and Tasty Licks BBQ Supply, which can be found currently at fredsmusicandbarbecue.com. That's fredsmusicandbbq.com. What can you find there? Let me ask you this. The better question would be, not even asking, I'm just telling you, the better question would be, what can't you find there? 
Can you find Weber Smoky Mountain cookers? Yes. Can you find Bradley-type smokers? Yes. Can you find Big Green Eggs and Primos and other type of ceramic cookers? Uh, yes, you can. Can you find regular grills like propane and charcoal-style grills? Of course you can. He has it all from cookers to cookbooks to wood chips to chunks to injectors. If you want to do pizza ovens, he's branching out into that as well. It's a veritable cornucopia of things that you can get involved in when you visit fredsmusicandbbq.com. Not the least of which is one of the most successful new lines of barbecue rubs and sauces that has hit the market, putting it on its ear. Tasty Licks, bbq.com. Fred is the purveyor, the creator, and the overall master of Tasty Licks barbecue rubs and seasonings. It's not just related to barbecue. He's got rubs that are for steaks. He's got rubs that are for vegetables. He's got rubs that are for fish. He's got chicken and poultry rubs. He's got brines and soaks as well. Fred is taking the world by storm when it comes to rubs and sauces. And especially that sauce, that uh, Fred Smoking Guitar Player secret sauce. It's got that sweetness with that little bit of tang. And we've talked about it for weeks, but it uses the same spice block that the original guitar player Smoke and Rub uses. So when you put on the rub and then you finish it with the sauce, you can know from start to finish that those flavor profiles are going to be consistent from start to finish. And that's what you want when you're serving guests. You want them to know that flavor is consistent, but especially when you're on the competition circuit. You want to have a consistent flavor profile throughout. They're winning out there right now. Fred's Music and BBQ.com is the website and the name of the store now. Fred's Music and Tasty Licks Barbecue Supply. 9-11 Talk when we come back. Stick around. Broadcasting live from the Barbecue Central Radio Network Studios in Cleveland, Ohio. You're listening to the Barbecue Central Radio Show. Once again, here's your host, Greg Rempe. All right, coming up on 14 past the hour, this is the Barbecue Central Radio Show. I'm your program host, Greg Rempe, 877-448. 0433. Go ahead and make use of that number, especially for this segment. Also, if you want to email the show instead, you can do that. Greg at the BBQ Central Show.com. Got an email address. Got an email address. Got a package in the mail from uh, who is this? The award winning barbecue from Squealers. Squealers Barbecue. That's spelled with a B E Q U E. SquealersBarbecue.com was contacted uh, they do have like a, a PR firm and they wanted me to try their sauce they have like a smoky sweet sauce and then they have a spicy hot sauce and I just got that yesterday they are actually located in uh, Mooresville Indiana and then they also have an uh, a facility in Indianapolis uh, right there on West 86th Street Indianapolis Indiana so uh, which uh, tends to be at the uh, corner of 86 and Zionsville Road, the Mooresville location, corner of State Road 67 South and 144. So I'll be reviewing their uh, both of their sauces. They are now in the review bin. By the way, I see that uh, Fred Gross is in the chat room. Fred, got to be honest. You know, one of the best products that I've ever come across in many different forms and fashions are these freaking Mojo Bricks, man. Uh, If you haven't picked some up yet, 
you're really doing yourself a disservice. And I understand that some of you guys uh, don't have the cookers that can accommodate this. The pellet cookers aren't uh, obviously going to be able to accommodate a mojo brick per se. But if you have some type of a a true offset, I'm dying to figure out how those would work in there. Uh, But if you have charcoal-driven cookers like I have with Weber Smoky Mountains, you can chunk them off. And the, the smoke is clean and it burns really long. And there is like no ash production at all. They're almost all consuming. The yield is fantastic. And I put together a fire for the little girls the other night. And I used four mojo bricks, put them together, just like uh, Fred taught me how to do one and making like a little mojo cano, I believe he called it. And lit them up. Told He told me, you know, you got to light them here, you got to light them there, because they're, they're initially kind of hard to get going if you don't have a weed burner in hand. And man, sure enough, that thing lit up, not overly smoky, like some bad cordwood that you would get from a shyster with a pickup truck. And it smelled great, but it burned and burned and burned for like four, five hours. And it was just three mojo bricks. They was still fired up when we went to go inside to uh, turn it. And it put off great heat. Uh, again, the smell was delicious. And then when I went out into the next morning and saw how little ash production it left i was absolutely floored with the product i'm a big believer in it just for building like outdoor campfires so believe me it was like i wish i had my offset close pit to go ahead and fire that up and see how the mojo bricks work in there so uh, i was using uh, maple and oak but i also have cherry as well which i used on ribs last week and the cherry wood was absolutely fantastic. I mean, I think cherry wood with ribs uh, or, or a mixture of cherry and something else. I know a lot of people like to use like cherry and pecan on ribs. But the cherry for me uh, was a definite great flavor impartment on those ribs. And boy, the color. Cherry wood puts a great... I mean, you can, you can probably go over color with cherry if you're using it too heavy handed. But use the right amount. Nothing puts a better color on a rack of ribs than cherry wood, in my opinion. And uh, that's all I can say. All right, gang, uh, again, make use of the number if you want to jump in tonight. 877-448-0433. 877-448-0433. And we're going to go ahead and uh, just take the next 15 minutes or so to kind of remember what happened uh, now two days ago past on Sunday, which was September 11th. This was the 10-year anniversary of uh, the worst terror attack that had taken place Right here, on uh, right here on our own soil, had uh, ships attacked in the past. Obviously, uh, Pearl Harbor, which uh, spawned the World War. But just to have some people come out of basically nowhere and fly planes into uh, two of the biggest pinnacles of the freedom that our country enjoys and has now been fighting for uh, for the last. Geez, it seems like uh, nine years, at nine years, ten years now that we have been over in the Middle East in some form or fashion, uh, whether you agree with who we're going after or what exactly we're fighting for over there. Uh, but that's the reason why our armed forces are over there, to make sure that we are enjoying the freedom that, uh, the freedom that we enjoy each and every day. Uh, Don G is uh, writing in here as you asked uh, everything has changed here in New York saying here is if you see something say something attended a few memorials this weekend some very strong people still grieving I met shared with Greg some unreleased FDF that's right uh, Don did send me a, a great 
very moving uh, PowerPoint presentation via CD that uh, the fire department from New York City gave. So I guess, you know, to me, uh, where different job, probably two, three different jobs ago, I uh, was working for an automatic lubrication company that sold equipment that went on heavy duty trucks and trailers and automatically greases these units. So uh, I live due east of downtown Cleveland, and there's a huge uh, amusement park uh, out on the west side of the state called Cedar Point, which is roughly an hour and change away from where I am in uh, Cleveland. And I was driving out to meet some brand new customers. Now, you have to understand, once you uh, get west, uh, out of the western suburbs, it gets real rural out here in Ohio very quickly. So I was getting off at the Sandusky exit, and then I was heading south and then farther west. So it's cornfield after cornfield after cornfield. Listening to the Howard Stern show, big fan of Howard Stern, and uh, in the middle of one of their uh, crazy shenanigans, Robin interrupted and said, uh, Howard, we're getting a report, and I remember specifically this, uh, saying that it was a passenger plane, like a prop plane, had accidentally flew into one of the World Trade Center towers, and I didn't necessarily think anything of it, and was like, okay, that's you know, if it is here this clear in Cleveland and the weather is the same uh, 10 hours due east of me, and I've seen them in person uh, a, a small handful of times, hard for a propeller plane to miss the World Trade Center unless somebody has fallen asleep at the wheel uh, or, or whatever the case may be. And so the show kept going on. The show kept going on. And this is... Uh, the, was it 20 minutes later, uh, Robin comes back on and says, Howard, there's a plane. Uh, this time it was a, an actual plane that hit uh, tower number two. And from there, it was kind of a scramble for me to go, what is really going on here? There was It was supposed to be a propeller plane. Now we're getting reports that it was two jet planes. So I actually had switched off of the Howard Stern show for a minute and switched into our local Cleveland, you know, all news AM station who was now patched in to a New York City affiliate. And all of the worst fears were being confirmed minute after minute that indeed passenger planes had purposely flown into the World Trade Center. And then uh, there were two other planes that had been hijacked as well. One going, of course, into the Pentagon and one being... Uh, take it down. And who, you know, who knows where that one in Shanksville that went down? Who knows where that one was going? And uh, thank goodness, I guess, thank goodness the, that we'll actually never know. Um, let me go ahead and read a thought here from Nibble Me This. Call me unpatriotic, but the thing that bothered me about this weekend was that most of what I saw on TV was the commercialization of 9-11, not the memorial that it was supposed to be. Uh, Chris, got to be honest heard the same thing. People said, I'm not going to be tuning in because I don't want to be a party to this commercialization of a tragedy. And I completely agree with uh, the point you're trying to make there. I don't know if I would go and say that you are unpatriotic. I think one of the things that people really need to keep in perspective here when we talk about it is that everybody has a point of view no matter what. Uh, I don't think anybody that is American, uh, for that matter, who, who was an American that uh, didn't like what happened to us, would be called unpatriotic if you have a way of looking at what happened on Sunday. Knowing, living, being in this country when it happened 10 years ago 
If you thought it was the greatest thing ever, obviously you have an issue. Uh, obviously, that's very unpatriotic. If you have an issue with the amount of showings or the fact that there were commercials in between and people were buying time to get in on people watching because you knew it was going to be a big draw. I watched a lot of it. I watched a lot of it. And I didn't not I didn't not want to watch it because of the point that you're making, Chris. And believe me, I, I do understand where you're coming from. Uh, I am of the opinion that, and it's rough, it was tough for me to watch this because I didn't get to see it. God, that sounds bad. Uh, A lot of people saw it as it was happening. You missed the first one, but you saw, everybody saw that second one go in if you were watching television because that's what they wanted, uh, wanted you to have. And I'm trying to make a sales call out in the middle of nowhere. I'm hearing that we're basically under attack and I turned tail. I immediately turned back around uh, on a road, pulled a huge U-turn, and just sped back off home wondering what's going to be home. Am I going to make it through downtown Cleveland? Are there going to be planes flying into Cleveland? Is there going to be some type of a ground attack? Uh, Because all of the stuff that I was hearing was just over national uh, radio through Howard Stern's show, who obviously based in New York City, where it's happening. And then to finally make it back to my mother-in-law's house where everybody had congregated and watching the video for the first time of planes falling in, ultimately watching the towers go down. Unbelievable. Unbelievable to think that the landscape of one of the most recognized cities in the world could be wiped out in an hour and a half. Hundreds and hundreds of stories gone, just like that. And again, Conspiracy theories aside, personal feelings aside, uh, I couldn't I couldn't not watch and learn something new about what happened. For instance, we all see these planes fly into the buildings all the time, and I don't know if it's a uh, some type of uh, a very meager coping mechanism, but for some reason, until Sunday. And this is, I guess, why I am happy that I ended up watching because I I learned something. I was able to better understand how other people were feeling about it. You see the planes fly into the the buildings, uh, also into the Pentagon, and, of course, uh, down into Shanksville. I guess what I never realized is I knew there were people on that plane, uh, on those planes. For some reason, it doesn't seem like I guess I just thought at some point the hijackers let them out somewhere and it was just the hijackers going into the the buildings. And that wasn't the case. And there was a great show that was on that had like last calls, which really bugged me out. But these people were calling their loved ones and 99% of them, cool, calm, collected, resigned, knowing that this was not going to end at all well, not only for them, but for a lot of other people. And the fact that they were able to maintain composure and not go absolutely bonkers was just a revelation to me. And to hear this one lady talk about her son who had called and for her to say out loud as I'm watching, you know, uh, we watched those planes because uh, her son was in the second plane that hit the uh, second building. For her to say, you know, every time I watch that second plane go in, I'm watching my son die over and over again. 
And that's like when it hit for me right there uh, this past Sunday that, you know, people are watching that. People had loved ones in those planes. And I mean, how how often are, do they watch anymore? Do they just turn that off immediately? Uh, a lot of these guys didn't have kids. I mean, my oldest now was only four months when all of this happened. I mean, she doesn't remember anything. And then I have two other ones that are, you know, eight and six. They weren't alive for that for at all. So, you know, we sat down, we watched and we answered questions because I want to make sure that a, and it's always been said that you don't want to forget what happened on December, uh, December, September 10th, 2001, September 11th. I'm sorry that you don't want to forget what happened. Uh, But more importantly, I want to make sure that my kids don't forget it either, even though they weren't there when it happened live. Um, so I guess that was the one big takeaway that I had from this particular weekend. Um, let me go to Fred Gross here. September 12th, 2001, I drove to the store, pulled up to a traffic light, and a high school-aged kid drove by with an American flag, which was attached to a pole in the bed of his truck, was flying behind as he drove, and I felt so strongly united to my neighborhood at that moment. You know, I think a lot of us did. Uh, Hot Sauce Daily, still hard to wrap my head around those huge buildings coming down. Uh, Prince of Q was at the top of one of those World Trade Centers the year before it happened. It's just absolutely uh, mind-boggling. And I think, you know, again, what's important, it it wasn't just New York City. It was the Pentagon. Pentagon was attacked. Hundreds of people died at the Pentagon. And I think the, probably the, the, the most overlooked one is the plane that went down in Shanksville. And I did have opportunity about a year and a half ago when I was working uh, for a different company, uh, calling on uh, that portion of Pennsylvania where I was in uh, Shanksville. And I was able to go out to the memorial. I mean, talk about the middle of nowhere. Uh, go to and head north. And that's pretty much where Shanksville is. Uh, very, very scarce, far country roads. And at that point, there was really no memorial. They had uh, one of those mobile trailers uh, that you want in. Uh, huge amount of memorabilia out there for people just leaving, saying they've been there, leaving their well wishes, signing the books, uh, letting people that they know they've been there. And then seeing off in the distance, uh, there were two American flags where the plane had augured in, coming down. And just the stillness, the recognition of what exactly transpired there for people on that plane to have gotten feedback from loved ones knowing that they were in for a very similar, very poor fate. And for that number of gentlemen and women to step up and put life in front of everybody else and take that plane down out of the hands of those hijackers is something that I, uh, am greatly humbled by and that I think really needs to be acknowledged. And I think it's overlooked uh, just personally. I think that plane especially gets overlooked because it didn't crash into anything. And it was in the middle of nowhere. And when I was there that day, there happened to be a guy who would live just uh, on the other side of the hill. And one of the attendees, uh, they were volunteers, kind of tell you what happened during the course of the day said hey uh, mr so-and-so can you uh, tell us what happened 
and he just sat down and started recounting, you know, the few minutes uh, prior and then sitting on his porch, being outside and seeing that jet come screaming over the hill where his pastures are and then seeing it hit the ground. And, and just to see his face, his look in his eyes really shook me to, uh, to my very core uh, to know that those people in that plane, so heroic, that's heroic right there, that they were able to do that. And I don't know. I mean, th- those were some of the best people. And we lost them right there uh, on that day in the World Trade Center, in the Pentagon, and in Shanksville, Pennsylvania. So I just want to make sure that uh, I'm not going to forget. I want to make sure that you're not going to forget. Maybe this is played out because we're a couple days outside of September 11th, but it's uh, still very profound for me, and uh, I'll continue to make sure that I'm not only watching anything that has to do with anything about it every year uh, that I continue to support what's happening there. And uh, hopefully you will too. Hopefully you will too. So um, let me go back through here. Yeah. History channel did a a very good job. I was watching as it happened. Don G where New Yorkers don't think it was an attack on New York. We understand it was an attack on America. Oh, of course. But I think, You know, the New York, uh, because of the buildings and and the sheer amount of uh, loss of life there, gets a lot of attention for sure. All right, so let's go ahead and regroup here. Uh, Coming up, we got Ted Reader. We're going to be talking about burgers. We're going to be talking about beer pairings and uh, all that great stuff with grilled and barbecued food. And uh, this is the way that we're going to, uh, Greg, it always, it's always going to be a part of our lives and we can always remember and never forget. That's absolutely right. 877-448-0433. Greg at the BBQ central show.com is uh, where you want to go. If you want to get in touch with the show, Ted reader coming up. All right, guys. Let me tell you about the premier retailer of high-end jewelry to, uh, man, what like the worst segue ever. He's right here in Cleveland, folks. That's right, Rock and Roll Hall of Fame City. Stephen DeFranco of Stephen DeFranco Jewelers running that crazy special on the Accutron line of watches. You get 30% off. Also, you get $50 off extra if you mention my name. So do this first. Go to the Barbecue Central Radio Network homepage and then click on the Stephen DeFranco Jewelers banner. Once you get there, read through that homepage that he made specifically for us centralites. And then go browse the watches. Go to the Accutron line. Go for gents or ladies because it's available for the ladies. And then once you pick the watch that you like, call in on that special 440 number. Talk to Stephen himself. Talk to one of the very knowledgeable sales representatives. And tell them that you're a central light. You want the Barbecue Brother hookup. So that's going to get you 30% off that Accutron watch. It's also going to get you $50 additional off. If you mention my name, you can mention my name nowhere else and get a bigger discount. I'm sorry. You just can never do it. Now, maybe you're out of town. That's fine. He ships free. Maybe you want to send it as a gift to somewhere out of town. That's fine. It's shipping free and it's getting gift wrap free. You'll polish it free. If you live in Cleveland, he'll go ahead and set the time for you for crying out loud. Now, here's an update. Here is an update. All new 
Accutron, Bolova, Citizen, and Philip and Company watches are now in stock for the holidays. That's right. It's the holidays. Right? It's the holidays. You got Christmas layaway available. There's no extra charge on that. You get six months, same as cash financing options available through the Springleaf Financial Company. Ohio only, sorry. Also, for the Barbecue Brothers only, Philip and Company is offering $100 off of his $895 Blue Blood watch. That's $795 now. Look, you're probably crafting in your drawers just a little bit because you heard a watch was $895, right? Look, I can understand that. But this is a cottage watchmaker right here in Cleveland. You're not going to get any better pricing than that, and it's all thanks to Stephen DeFranco at StephenDeFrancoJewelers.com. Again, go find them on the Barbecue Central Radio Network homepage. Click on the banner. Get your Accutron special. Get your layaway for Christmas going. Just call in and tell them you're a Central Light. They'll hook you up from there. StephenDeFranco.com. Stephen DeFranco Jewelers, proud sponsor of the Barbecue Central Radio Show. We're going to come back with Ted Reeder, talk some beer pairings, some burger technique, all the great stuff. Stick around. We'll be right back. Get in the smoke. Call 877-448-0433 to get on the air. Now, here's your host, Greg Rampey. Big B, new shot band, suburban voice Give me two shots, we don't need a radio, bring a jukebox for my outlaws, bring me three shots, we can raise hell before the speed stops, I'm a whiskey drinking SOB, if you don't like that, then you won't like me, I'm an outlaw. Oh yeah, the moonshine bandits for that ass, Big Tex was on a couple weeks ago, bumping a little, I'm an outlaw, speaking of whiskey drinking SOBs. Ted Reeder joins us here on the show. Ted, how are hey, you, buddy? Hey, Greg, how are you? I'm doing absolutely fantastic. Ted, how are you? I can't complain, and you know what? I am a son of a barbecue. <laughs> That's right, a whiskey drinking son of a barbecue. Ted Reeder joining oh, us here for sure. on the show. Ted, it's been a while. Uh, what's new in the world of Ted Reader's barbecue? It has been a while. Sorry, I'm just choking on it. On a drink there, I just had a <laughs> shot of whiskey, but it went down the wrong pipe. Yeah, I hate when that happens. <laughs> Me too. You going to make it? I'm going to live. I'm right. doing just fine now. Good. All right, so what's new? Uh, what is new? I am, uh, I've been locked in my uh, garage here at my house for the last two and a half to three weeks working on a couple of book manuscripts for next year and doing some editing and some photo shooting, and we've been testing grills and smokers and cooking all kinds of different foods, and it's just been it's just been crazy and writing all day long, plus everything else. It's You know, it's a fantastic uh, time to be so busy and enjoying it. 
Ted Reader joining us here on the show. His website, by the way, in case you want to check him out or order some of his great products, tedreader.com. So check that out. You can follow him on Twitter at Ted's BBQ World as well. And you can also find him on Facebook. Uh, Ted, I had a couple questions to ask you. Uh, we're going to get into the, the beer pairing or beer suggestions here in a minute. But there seems to have been an overabundance of questions to me from uh, people at work or people around my neighborhood asking me about, do you have some great burger recipes or what kind of burger method do you choose? I figured no better person to ask, especially tonight, since these were most recent questions, because you have that uh, super successful hamburger book that was out uh, just this past year. So I guess for, you know, just kind of refresh on burger basics, what do you think are really the most key things to hit when you're going to be making your own burgers? Uh, one is get yourself a meat grinder because there's nothing better than grinding your own burger meat. Okay, that's number one. So you gotta, you got to step it up. Number two is you need fat. Fat is what makes a burger taste pretty good. Right. Lean is okay, but you need to have fat in that burger. And, and I recommend about 15 to 20% internal fat. Once you get that going, keep your ground meat cold, and then it can be flavored with whatever you want. You want to marinate your, your pieces of meat before you grind them in a beer, like a coffee-infused in, uh, porter or, or even a great pilsner. Uh, you can do so many different things with it, then you dry it, and then you uh, just pat it dry, and then run it through your meat grinder, and you can infuse all kinds of flavors into your burgers. Lately, I started smoking these burgers, and uh, I smoked them in uh, a Bradley smoker, and I did a hot smoke, and these burgers were stuffed with uh, demi-glass, so I called them juiced burgers, because when you bit into the center of this burger, out came this barbecue-y, smoky demi-glass of a gravy. <laughs> So that's that's the kind of stuff we cook. Well, I mean, what are you uh, when you're cooking on a Bradley smoker? Are you trying to impart a particular wood flavor on that? Do you, I mean, do you like the maple? Do you like cherry? What do you use for that type mm -hmm. of meat? Uh, I like to use a hickory as a base on that, or a hardwood like a maple. Um, what I like about the Bradley is uh, that it's quick and easy. And so you can fire it up, you can put in your, your burgers, and in 45 minutes to an hour, you've got a beautiful burger that you didn't have to flip, you didn't have to squish, and it picks up all this smoky, smoky deliciousness. Now, a lot of people make that mistake, at least in my opinion. Uh, and these are people that are probably right in that novice category of griller, whether they're doing it on gas, whether they're doing it over uh, some type of live fire like charcoal, uh, whether it be briquettes or lump. They, hit, they put the meat down after they've made their patties, and then it seems like 16 to 18 seconds later, they're already trying to get up underneath it with a spatula, or heaven forbid, they're starting to press down on top of it. What type of information do you have for these people that you would love to let them know not to do? Stop. Stop pushing. Stop squishing. Stop pressing those burgers. Leave them alone. And here's my advice. Every time you want to touch that damn burger, have a sip of beer instead. And then come back to the burger. All right? You just put it on there. Once it, the juices start to bubble to the top, flip them over on a grill. And it doesn't matter if it's a gas grill or a charcoal grill. It doesn't, it, it doesn't matter. As long as you're outdoors and you're cooking, that's what really matters. 
and uh, but but never press that burger. That's just ridiculous. Ted, do you have a particular way of cooking a burger? Do you like charcoal? Do you do you like gas? Do you like to have these smoked, you know, huge golf ball or softball type burgers? I like all of that stuff. That sounds pretty good. I might even just make myself a burger tonight. <laughs> I tell you, I, I, I'll eat a burger any day of the week, and I, and I like them griddle-fried. I like them gas-grilled. I like them over charcoal. I like them out of my smoker. I like them planked. Um, I like them upside down. I like them stuffed. I like them topped. I like them ladled with gravy. I like a burger that when I bite into it, it just runs down my chin and lands on my belly, and I feel like a pretty happy guy. <laughs> Crack a cold bud, and I'm, you know, I'm in heaven. That sounds like a great time to me, Ted, but that might just be me and, and you, for uh, for that matter. Uh, TedReader.com is the be. website. Yeah, well, that's fine. I mean, if it's just two of us, so, you know, who cares? Um, one of the other things I want to talk about tonight, you know, the wine has been very popular over the last handful of years, and people always want to know, what should I wine paired with this? What should I? Well, it seems, uh, and of course, beer has been very popular for the last many hundreds of years, of course. Uh, as the old saying go, beer helping ugly people have sex since inception. But uh, there seems to be like this over uh, overwhelming popularity with like craft brewers or hop this or wheat that or dark that or amber this. So, you know, when people are grilling meats or perhaps even with barbecue stuff, and why don't we start with barbecue since it is a show. You know, if you have uh, barbecued ribs, for instance, is there a particular type of beer that you would be looking to pair with a, a rack of ribs, whether it be loinbacks or spare ribs? Well, if, if those ribs are, are being smoked and the, and the wood is sweet, uh, I would le- use a crisp beer, something like a, like a Pilsner uh, or even a pale ale would be, would be nice with it. Uh, I often will take that beer and I'll allow it to go flat, and I put the beer into my spritzer, and then I can spray a nice even mist of beer over top of my ribs as they're smoking. So that just enhances that flavor. You can make marinades or brines using beers ahead with, with, with the ribs. So you could take some honey and maybe a little bit of cinnamon and uh, even something like a Guinness and put that on ribs and marinate them for uh, 24 hours, then take them out and put them into your smoker and smoke them and then create a, a glaze using molasses and and a bit of Guinness and probably a shot of Irish whiskey in there and two tablespoons of cold butter. And then you brush that on top of those ribs, and, I mean, you've got a whole new rib made with Guinness. And so it's a, it's a good thing that way. All right, so let's go ahead and move That's on. That's how I do, I do ribs. All right, so it uh, sounds great to me. I mean, Ted, I, I'm always coming to you for great recipes, and uh, when it comes to outside-the-box stuff, I mean, uh, let's face it, nobody's coming to ask me, and that's what I'm going to ask you. Uh, pulled pork, I mean, is that some more of the same, or are you actually going to change it up a little bit from there? Um, with, with, with pork, with the red meats, when it, when it comes like ribs and with pork, I, I tend to stay with those crisper and cleaner beers that are not, not super, super heavy, even though I'm contradicting myself by saying do ribs with Guinness. <laughs> My reality is you can do anything you want if you've got the imagination to go and create it. And sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't. And that's what the greatest thing about cooking is, is that you can just go and cook and create and it can be different every time. 
And with barbecue, you you always have to deal with that. Not only with when you, when you're smoking and when you're taking it easy there, you got to deal with the humidity or the dry heat or the winds or the rain or the snow if you're up here in Canada or the northern United States and you're smoking in the winter. That's the greatest thing about barbecue is that it will allow you to uh, bounce. And the greatest part that goes with that is the more you barbecue, the more beer you get. And I kind of like that part of it. Yeah, so let's go ahead and get into like a a brisket uh, or some other barbecued style of meat that is more traditional on on the red meat side. Are you going to be switching into, you know, something a little bit more dark? Uh, I'm just no beer pair. For me, it's always, since I can remember being of age... Beer for me has always been Budweiser. Rarely am I uh, venturing out into anything other than Budweiser. I've had a, uh, like a Harpoon IPA every once in a while. Uh, and and I've, I, this might sound a little non-manly of me, but I love that uh, Line and Kugel Summer Shandy. I mean, I love that. I can't get enough. And now it's gone off the shelves just like summer. It's gone. Uh, so for the darker meats, what are you looking to pair there? Well, that Leiden Kugel's uh, summer shandy right off is perfect on fish, especially white fish. Uh, it's also great on chicken and turkey, whether they be smoked or marinated and grilled. Uh, a light crisp beer like that can make a great marinade or even a great salad dressing. So uh, that, that's one angle that you wow. can go with it. When you're getting into the red meats, um, I'm looking for a beer that's got some some gusto to it. So I would like that that Guinness style or a coffee infused porter or a chocolate uh, a double chocolate stout, and a good marinade with that or, or creating a brine for it. And then always, I, I look at it this way: when you're wanting to infuse beer into whatever you're you're grilling or smoking, it, it's really it comes down to a rule of three. Uh, one, you need to brine it in the beer so that you pick up the flavor. Two, while the item is grilling or smoking, you're misting or sprinkling or drizzling with beer so you infuse more flavor and keep your food a little bit moist. And lastly, if you're creating a sauce or a side dish or something to go with this, um, put beer in it as well so that the, the, that beer flows through the entire menu and gives you the full flavor throughout the entire cook process. All right, so it seems just like you would be in a competition style. You want to have your flavor profiles be consistent from start to finish and certainly no different here from when we're talking about pairing beer and barbecue with your rule of three. We're talking with Ted Reader. You can find him tedreader.com is the website. Uh, Ted, before I let you go tonight, uh, I know we have a couple new books that could be seen sometime next year. Can you give us any idea what they might be about and when we might be able to see them on the shelves? Uh, the one book right now is uh, I can tell you about, and it is called Beerlicious. And it is 101 uh, recipes, all with a different beer, 101 different beers, and 101 uh, grilling or smoking recipes. There's a variety in there from steaks and chops and burgers to all kinds of stuff to have fun with, and it all pairs with beer. And so that comes out in the spring under uh, the, the the Random House uh, uh, label in the United States and the, in Canada, uh, McClellan Press. So it's uh, I'm excited about that one and and the fact that when I get to go on tour, I'll have a lot of beer with me. So it's always nice to travel with friends. Absolutely. Uh, Ted Reeder joining us here on the show. Uh, what else do you have going on, Ted, that you would like to promote tonight? Maybe we could see you around and about. 
Oh, you know, I, I, I really, things have been such a crazy summer. I'm actually trying to take it easy uh, coming soon. But you're going to see me throughout. Just keep watching my Facebook or my Twitter. Uh, on Twitter, I'm Ted's Barbecue World. And uh, on Facebook, it's just Ted Reader. And jo- join me there, uh, tedreader.com for the website. And I'm open to, to sharing my experiences of barbecue and, and my love for food with everybody. Uh, when people say to me, what's the best grill or what's the best smoker to get? And I say, any one, because there's no bad ones. It's just how you learn how to use them all. And it's just about getting in your backyard. And, and, and you know, competitions are great in, in one aspect, but the best food, comes from someone's backyard when there's a lot of love put in it and there's no pressure and it's just people eating and smiling. And that's what I want to promote out there in in, in barbecue world is that the more we do this and the more people get out there, the more fun they're going to have because life can be pretty tasty in between a, a bun with some sauce and some smoked meat. Absolutely. Ted Reeder joining us here on the show. Ted, always appreciate the time. Thanks for coming on today. Thanks a lot, Greg. Have a great night. Take care. There he is, Ted Reeder. Uh, was it Fred Gross that said Ted Reader for president? Yeah, damn right. Got my vote. Forget jobs. I want more beer. Can I get more beer, please? Gang, uh, Warminster, Pennsylvania happens to be the housing authority for a little item called automatic pit temperature control devices. Maybe you've heard of them. These are little items that will attach to your current barbecue pit. Whether it's an offset, whether it's a bullet-style smoker like I have, or something in between electric smokers even as well. These are items that you can use to keep proper temperature of your pit. Look, some of us are very busy. We don't have all day to tend fire and stick our fingers up our asses while we're waiting our barbecue to get done, making sure we can maintain that proper temperature. No, we just don't have that type of time. What can one person do in order to relieve the stress of having to sit down, drink gallons of beer, and maintain fire temperature. Well, it just happens to be the automatic pit temperature control devices from the Barbecue Guru. There's four different ones to choose from. Maybe you're somebody who likes to walk all around their neighborhood, but still be able to be holstered with a unit <laughs> unit that can control and move your automatic pit temperature control devices from up to 600 feet away wirelessly. That's the ProCom 4 wireless unit they make. Also, you have the NanoQ2. You have the CyberQ. And there's another one that I think I always mess up with the name. But that's more of the uh, cruise control, right? CyberQ, the DigiQ. Yeah. And then, oh, no, 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 we're not upgrading Skype right now, sir. So basically what happens is this. Let's say you're a busy working professional. You have a bullet-style smoker, just for instance. You have a guru. You can put a huge brisket or pork butt on, set your temperature, and then go off to work, knowing all along that the barbecue guru has your back when it comes to keeping proper pit temperature. You set it, it's going to hold it right there. Once it gets done, it's going to ramp that cooking temperature to safe holding so there's no disease no ickiness that is going to grow on your meat. So when you get home for busting your ass all day, slaving for the man, you can press down on that pork butt or slice perfect slices off of that brisket and enjoy succulent beef sandwiches or pulled, pulled, pulled pork sammies. 
It even works for ribs if you're just around the house on the weekend. It's the good folks over at the Barbecue Guru, longest-running sponsor here on the show, and that's why I love them like I do. Visit them, thebbqguru.com, thebbqguru.com, or call them toll-free. They still have telephones. You can consult with Bob or one of the many other people that are knowledgeable about automatic temperature control devices at 877-448-GURU. I'm sorry, 800-228-GURU. 800-228-GURU. We'll wrap up the first hour after this. standby. Big name interviews, advice on cooking brisket and ribs, and the only host willing to share his honest opinion on all things important in the world of barbecue. It's the Barbecue Central Show. All right, five minutes till the top of the hour. And let me just say this, by the way. If you just happen to be coming in on the live feed for the show, um, numbers a little down over last week. What the hell? Am I not good enough for you guys this week? What the hell? Big numbers on the audio side, so I guess that makes up for it. Nobody wants to look at me. I can understand that. I don't know why you people want to look at me in the first place. Secondarily, you could come into this uh, chat, right? And here it is from Dave Bosca from Butcher Barbecue. Here's just a random line. I'm just going to go ahead and read a random line from chat. Do you artery pump in the back leg or inject directly into the muscle? What? I said, do you artery pump in the back leg or inject directly into the muscle? Uh, Rod Gray from Pellet Envy, what do you do? Nothing. All right. Rod Gray does nothing. We could be walking into uh, drug use. We could be walking into uh, maybe we're all world-class athletes talking about how we juice. This could be locker room talk at a uh, at a baseball convention back in 1995 with the likes of uh, Mark McGuire and Sammy Sosa. I don't know, but that's funny because we always talk about what barbecue sounds like. And when I'm listening back to the show, uh, like I do the day after the show, just to hear how much of an idiot I sounded like when I'm interviewing people making sure that I'm not doing bad things with the English language. I'm like, man, if I was sitting in the car, like if I just picked somebody up, I didn't tell them who was on the radio, and we're just talking about what we talk about, I still maintain to this day, to this day, very day, that there is no more, dare I say, uh, homoerotic show out there right now that is uh, currently gracing the airwaves in any form or fashion than right here on the Barbecue Central Radio Show. Bring me your homoeroticism and I will show you a very, very happy camper. All right. Uh, Coming up, we have a great second hour, so uh, please be sure to uh, tune in there. Don't go anywhere. 877-448-0433. Greg at the BBQ Central Show.com is the number that you want to call in case you want to jump in tonight. Lots of great stuff still to get to here in the second hour. We talked uh, a little 9 11 remembrance in the second segment. Thanks to everybody that weighed in on the instant chat. Also, we had a little Ted Reader just this past segment. Ted's a fun guy. I can't wait to move to Canada. I'm moving to Canada, and me and Ted are going to live together, whether he likes it or not. Too bad, Ted. I'm coming. With spikes and hammers. I don't even know what that means. All right, we're going to do a deck chef. 
about baked chicken. That's Kent Whitaker. And then we're going to go. Uh, it's Ontario, Fred, in Ontario, Canada. And then we're going to uh, talk some Jack Daniels with Mike Peters from Here Piggy Piggy. Also, Motley Q will uh, be joining us. Motley Q Crew Barbecue. It's the Barbecue Central Radio Show right here on the Barbecue Central Radio Networks. twist on a great recipe are you looking for something else to do at the grill or to impress your friends when you're tailgating or you just want a fantastic recipe in the kitchen here's some good ideas that are quick and easy that's going to add a little bit of culinary flavor to everyday dishes i'm kent whitaker and join me after these messages Hey everyone, cookbook author and award-winning barbecue guru and homestyle chef Kent Whitaker here. You know, one thing I've learned over the years is that homestyle cooking can't be beat. So if you need a great cookbook that's easy to follow and is similar to having a great conversation on the front porch with family and friends, then pick up one of my books at your favorite bookstore. Sheila Simmons and I are crossing the country in search of great recipes from Texas to Georgia, from Tennessee to Alaska. So just ask for one of my cookbooks at your favorite bookstore or visit me online at thedeckchef.com. I'm Kent Whitaker, The Deck Chef. I'll see you at the dinner table. Hey everybody, this is a great recipe for chicken in the oven. It's crunchy, full of flavor, using ingredients you probably got in your own kitchen. What you want to do is make your own shake and, I can't really say that name because it's copyrighted, but you know what I'm talking about. Take something crunchy, tortilla chips, rice chips, cereal, wheat chips, potato chips, anything like that, even seasoned croutons, put it all in a Ziploc bag, start crunching those things up in your hand. Now my wife and I actually save chips and leftover cereal if we have them and put them in a bag and save those in the fridge until we need them for this exact recipe. Crunch them up real fine and then use the chicken of your choice. Legs, leg quarters, thighs, chicken tenders, whatever you want. Dip that in a little bit of milk, season it up with a little bit of salt and pepper, maybe your favorite seasonings, Creole, Cajun, Italian, whatever you like, and then roll it around in those crunchy pieces and then bake it at 350 degrees until the juices run clear on a cookie sheet that's covered with foil and hit with nonstick spray. Full of flavor, easy to do. You can even use an egg wash if you want to for a little bit of extra flavor and a little bit of extra crunch. There's a lot of great recipes like this online at thedeckchef.com. I'm Kent the Deck Chef Whitaker, and I'll see you. Hello, everybody. This is Gary Bay, Nerd Chuck, host of Wine Library TV, a.k.a. WLTV, and this is BBQ Central. From my heart and from my hand, why don't people understand my intention? Happy to have you aboard here for the really big barbecue show. We cook because we have to, and we grill because we want to. Fine, how's it going? <laughs> you have a great show, I'm a big fan. So what 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 seems to be the problem here? This man looks like he's dead and he's in the in the crackle. Charbono! It's all about the Charbono, dude! Succulent fish! What? He ate fifty four wieners. But listen, Lavernia, shake face. I'm shaking like a dog shit peach seeds. <laughs> You could use it to fight off creeping marauders looking to take your steaks off your grills. I just like being anywhere with Junior, Senior, and Diva. Sounds like a whole lot of the movie. Wow. <laughs> yeah, really. Keep it hot, keep it clean, keep it lubricated. We have top men working on it right now. Ooh, top men. Hey, just like that, we are back into the second hour, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you, Jonah. 
trying to get some uh, Skype stuff ironed out here for the second hour. There we go. All right. Quick recap. Reset here. Top of the hour. Two after. 58 minutes till the top of the hour. In uh, broadcasting school, they always tell you to give time two ways, from what I understand. So we say 10.02, 58 minutes till 11 o'clock. That way, <laughs> in case you like to do subtraction. Damn it. Damn. Don, where were you? You know, Don, I... I oh, right. Not, oh, geez, Louise. It's falling apart. Quickly, it is coming off the rails. What happened? Everybody. Now, now let me go back into the chat here. Where were we? Stop, stop. Push the stop button. 10.02. Where were you people two minutes prior to that? Bastards. Get that 10.02. Yeah, that's right. Well, I mean, I can't sit here and bitch and moan about the fact that uh, I've done the show live for four years, and I think I made it a grand summation total of two weeks. Of bumper music uh, non-air. But I think that was what the deal was. That's right, Dave. I was thinking about it directly, uh, injecting directly into the muscle. Wow. I think what we've come to uh, realize, of course, is that uh, there's a lot of things happening here. Uh, If you could only see, really, uh, everything that's going on here, you'd be surprised I'm able to keep it together just like this. But I, I believe I was able to do a grand total of two weeks of not having the bumper music blow over the top of me, but I just get so involved, so upset. All right, uh, quick reset. What I do is I get anecdotal about uh, broadcasting school because I've never been there, of course. So that's, I guess, kind of like the running joke with myself. All right, uh, in case you missed the first hour, A... Where the hell were you? Second of all, you can always get the show replays by visiting iTunes. You can also get show replays by visiting the archives page on the Barbecue Central Radio Network homepage. So never fear if you missed the complete entire first hour. And I know some of you do. Some of you actually have lives. Uh, I understand that. Go get the replay starting four or five hours from now or, or tomorrow morning or whenever the hell it is that you get it. And enjoy it from there. You're, obviously, you're not going to be able to call in and participate live, but most people don't. I understand that. It's very difficult to call in and not potentially sound like a complete idiot when you have a master of the vernacular like myself spitting over the top of a huge microphone. It's just one of those things that it's very hard for people to, to push through. But for the people who do call in, I certainly appreciate it. Hey, guess who's in the house today? It's another Canadian's diva. Diva! La, diva Las Vegas. Uh, probably never heard that one. Uh, quick reset. Uh, we had a 20 minute discussion about just kind of, uh, 10 years ago, September 11th, 2001. What did it mean? And how did you feel? And, and where were you? What did you see? And all that great stuff. Again, I saw a lot of really good documentaries on a number of channels on Sunday. And while I do tend to agree, uh, to a large extent with Chris, uh, you know, what, when does it become less or more patriotic? When does it become too commercialized? When does it look like you're, you're just trying to get a, a, a dollar for somebody else's pain and misery uh, and for what was the biggest abomination, the biggest terrorist attack here on uh, American soil? But kind of good to, to kind of sit there and talk about it. Uh, and again, I learned something new uh, this past 
weekend that I, I guess I really never, you know, I saw it a billion times, of course, but I, I was never really able to connect the dot until I heard somebody talk about it. And if you miss it, you can go back and grab it yourself. Uh, and, and some good reaction from the people uh, in the chat room as well. Uh, really, that rarely happens. So to get some good feedback from the people in the chat room, always a pleasure to the show. Then we were able to kind of lighten it back up again with a recurring guest, Ted Reader. He's a Canadian barbecue and grilling monster extraordinaire out there in Ontario, Canada. And really brought it strong in a number of different areas. We were talking about what makes a good burger, some things that you really need to get. He said, look, go suck it up. Suck it up and get a meat grinder, for crying out loud. And also, you got to bring the fat. You got to get fat with the burger 15 to 20 percent minimum i like 30 percent but that's just me some people say that i'm not enough and i'm like look i can only help how i am i'm putting a lot of in everything i eat so leave me alone i can't help it if i can't get more so there then we talked about beer pairing Danielle, twenty five percent. Way to uh, way to kind of ride that border between the twenty and the thirty. Twenty five percent sounds probably just right to me as well. Then we talked about beer pairings for the grilled food and for the barbecued food. You know, if you're doing ribs, he said something crisp like an ale or a pilsner or pale ale. I know, I know, I know that I am a macro beer apologist. But I don't think there's anything better than Budweiser beer. It's cold. It's consistent. I can have it the same beer over and over again, whether I'm in Tuscaloosa or whether I'm in Cleveland or whether I'm in Ocala, Florida, or whether I'm at the very highest peaks of Washington State. It's the same ice-cold wonderfulness that has attacked my taste buds for now what seems to be almost 500 years. Then, what do you... Chad, I'm a well-traveled man, brother. I've been in Ocala. I've seen that place built from the sand up, and you know what I'm talking about. I move on. Um, I like uh, Old Latrobe, man. I love Rolling Rock beer. Talk about a crisp, pale ale. I am not a beer snob. I am way more of a barbecue snob, way more of a barbecue sauce snob than I will ever be with beer. Let me tell you what my favorite beer is, ladies and gentlemen. Free freaking beer. You got free beer, I'll drink it, and I'll like it. It can be Pabst Blue Ribbon. It can be Jenny White Can. It could be Jenny Cream Ale Green Can Jones. I don't care. If it's free and you got it and you're going to let me drink it, it's my favorite beer ever. I don't care. I don't care. I don't care if my beer palate isn't refined enough. I don't care. I like Budweiser beer. I like Paps beer. I like Jenny beer. Doesn't matter to me. I'll drink it and I'll like it and I'll drink a lot of it. I'll even drink natural light beer. I won't drink uh, Milwaukee's best beer. Never drink that. But I'll drink natural light all day long and twice on Sunday and I love every freaking ounce and I can get 60 beers for $18 while you get six beers of your $18 Bullcrap snob beer. Loser. Get that big stuff out of here. So, ha, there you go. All right, let's go ahead and uh, get Jackie. Can I say get Jackie with it? Is that uh, a little too much? Is that, is that almost too Will Smith? 
Well, that's fine. Uh, like last week, we were making the calls out to some teams that are going down to the Jack Daniels, and we are going to pick back up with that conversation. Uh, you might know him as the pitmaster of Here Piggy Piggy. It's Mike Peters joining us here on the show. Mike, how are you, buddy? Hey, doing great. Mike, I appreciate you taking time out. And I think, uh, unless I'm completely mistaken, uh, not only are you pitmaster of Here Piggy Piggy, but you happen to be that uh, fella on the KCBS barbecue tour, right? Uh, I am. So how how are you, how is one pitmaster able to balance competition and showing what barbecue is all about? Uh, brother, that was our our second and a half contest of the year in California. <laughs> we were in Springfield, rocking ribs with uh, a whole bunch of family and friends coming out to help. We do uh, we 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 shared a competition with a friend out in Moreland, Wyoming. We did two categories; he did two, but that was our our second and a half competition of the year. Wow, second and a half. So, what happened on the half part? Um, six six place pork, and um, I don't think they liked our chicken. Oh, I, I got you. So, uh, Mike Peter joining us here. He is the pitmaster of here, Piggy Piggy Barbecue. Mike, for the people that aren't aware of the team, how did you actually get involved in competition barbecue in the first place? Back in 2002, my wife, a good friend of ours, and I had a free entry to a contest. And we took, uh, I believe it was second place in tri-tip. And, of course, we were hooked from that point on. Does, is, could that be the worst thing ever to a new competition team that they actually enter a competition and they win a few categories, or even worse yet, they actually walk away with either like a grand or a, a complete or a reserve grand championship? I mean, they're pretty much in it to win it at that point, right? Oh, definitely. I I, I think we are blessed that we we were lucky to have that second place. We've we've been humbled many times over the over the past years. All right, and uh, how how long ago was that, Mike? Uh, 2002 is when we first started. All right, so uh, you're at it now nine years or, or going on your ninth year. Uh, Mike Peters joining us here on the show. Uh, how did you get involved with the KCBS barbecue tour? Uh, I always joke, I think I was the first one to answer the email. <laughs> we were looking for a recipe on KCBS.us, saw that they were looking for a tour team for the next year, and things just kind of fell in place, and, and we jumped right in. And for the people that aren't familiar with that, uh, what does that entail, and what are you guys doing in order to promote barbecue? We travel to uh, 21 to 25 best barbecue festivals and events throughout the whole country, um, supported by KCBS. So we a lot of those are KCBS contests. We go to Memphis in May. We do the Best of the West Nugget Rib Cook-Off out in Sparks, Nevada. We, we go to all the places where there are people. And we talk about barbecue, we talk about grilling, and our, our goal is to get people on a, over a grill or on a pit. All right, so give me some of the, the most common questions or common reactions that you're hearing from people that perhaps aren't nearly as invested into this particular industry as a lot of the listeners and myself are. What are people saying to you? What are the, the questions that people are asking you on a recurring basis that you're answering? Oh, gosh. A lot of what we do is the grilling, but we have a good one smoke grill, the Marshall version, up on our stage. And they just love the idea of grilling and smoking at the same time and a lot of temperature questions. How do, do you do this? How do you do that? 
Do, um, do people know, you know the difference? To be able to do people know the difference between barbecue and grilling? Are they using those terms synonymously with you when they're up there? Well, it's, it's just like I ask everybody at our demonstrations who likes their ribs falling off the bone, and everybody raises their hand. <laughs> right. They all think that a barbecue is their buddy's house for burgers and hot dogs on a weekend, and we have to inform them that there's there's a difference between the two. Do they seem surprised? Uh, are, are they disheartened to the fact that they have been uh, misusing these terms, or, or, use, or worse yet, using them interchangeably? And uh, or, or perhaps are they now invigorated, knowing that there's an actual new way of cooking that maybe they didn't even know about? I, I think there's more people that are pleased and anxious to try new things. Um, they're always looking for first pits. They're asking us what. What what are your suggestions? And I always tell them we we started on a smoker that we stole. It worked out great. We repainted it and painted over the curse words that were scribbled on it. So uh, we cooked on that for two or three years so I could afford something else. Uh, absolutely fantastic story. Mike Peters joining us here on the show. He is pitmaster of Here Piggy Piggy Barbecue and uh, also part of the KCBS Barbecue Tour. Um, Mike, as, as we kind of look towards Jack, is this first time down for you, or uh, have you been down before competing? We've been there the last three years as uh, for the barbecue tour, and so we've gotten to play and do all the fun things that uh, I, I listened last night. Tippy Canoe was talking about his first year of doing all the stuff. We've gone to Mary Bubbles. We've gone on the hill. For us to get a draw, considering our how, how many contests that we cook and I won't say our skill level because we've we we did well, but we're going to be there to uh, to cook. I was going to say since you've been down three years in a row, and this is the first year competing, do you find yourself at perhaps a an advantage over some of those first year teams? Because uh, I was talking to. Uh, Matt Sproles, who is part of a Motley Q crew that I'll be talking to after you, and it's it you know the Jack is unique in the fact, of course, that it's kind of like a Super Bowl or, or a World Series for professional athletes. Uh, maybe you get there the first time out, and it's like one of those things where you think it's just going to happen from here on out over and over again. And you know what? The the fact of the matter is, you can cook your ass off, and unless you're winning those seven qualifying grand championships in that calendar year from which they choose to automatically qualify, uh, or you know you win it the first time in, so you can automatically go back the next year, you might be able to get a draw, and you might never get drawn again, uh, no matter what, because of that intricate drawing process that the Jack has. So for teams that are going down there for the first time, uh, and, and you're able to kind of look away from this because of your ability to be down there the last three years with KCBS on the tour portion. How would you, if you disregard all of what you did for the last three years, if this was just you going down the first year, would you find it hard to be able to play both sides of the fence? Would you be going down just to cook regardless, or would you try and take part in all of the other uh, pomp and circumstance that goes along with it because you might not know if you get back there again? Well, I, I think this is such a special event, and it is so, I won't say rare to be able to go, but for us, I'm, I'm looking that this might be our only shot ever. And so we want to take in a little bit. We're bringing family with us to help under the under the tent with the tour, bringing family to help us under, under our tent. We're going to take them up to the hill, but we're not going to spend a lot of time out there. 
Um, so I think we're we're trying to walk that tight line. And anything I'd tell as far as other teams, if they if they think that there's a chance that they're going to go back in the future, you bet. Have a have fun. There's so much to take in, but we're I think we're beyond that. We've been lucky enough to be friends with. Mike and Beth with Kilau, and I shigged off of uh, Scotty Johnson up at Cancer Sucks up in Warren, Wyoming, uh, three, four weeks ago. So, And I'm going to take the, some of the things that we've learned to try to, to not embarrass ourselves, I guess I'll put it that way. Yeah, I think, you know, one of the unique things about this competition is, you know, I've always said it's like a, a gray KCBS area. KCBS is down there. They're all around it. It is not a KCBS-sanctioned event, although they do qualify judges the night before to make sure they have enough uh, to take care of all the people that are turning in. But you're not going to get points. It's not going to help you in the KCBS uh, Team of the Year points race. But it's something that everybody wants to win. It's on everybody's list of competitions to A, compete in, and then B, win, uh, even compared to some of the other big KCBS events that happen during the course of a competition season. Knowing all of that, cooking the way you cook at KCBS competitions, and knowing that that palate that is typically at a contest for KCBS isn't going to be there for the Jack Daniels, do you switch how you cook in order to accommodate the less experienced palate? I think for what we do, because we cook so rare, I don't think it's going to matter. <laughs> I'm hoping that we will definitely appeal to that that palette better than a, a true KTBS palette. When we went into California and won that contest, I don't know what they were what they were looking for. Obviously, they liked our stuff. For us to beat Harry Sue and, and Slap Your Daddy and to beat Tommy Houston with Checker Pig, holy cow! Plus the other teams that were there, you know, they liked our stuff. And if they liked our stuff, I don't think we're smart enough to to adapt our 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 uh, flavor profile too much different. Mike Peters joining us here on the show. Um, Mike, a lot of people say they're just going to cook the way they want to cook, uh, and you kind of confirm that. For the people that decide that they're going to veer off a little bit and cook more let's say, vending-style, um, I don't want to say carnival-style barbecue, but something that you might find more at a restaurant because of the less, uh, because of the less experienced judging palates. Do you think that they kind of, in a sense, give themselves a disadvantage because they're working against or, or not doing what they've always done to kind of get themselves down there? Well, I don't, I don't know how much less experienced the palates are going to be at the contest because it's, it's still going to be a lot of food people, and food people like good food. So if they're turning in good product um, better than, say, a, a vending type event where it's can hold, I, I think you'll do okay. And like I said, we have some stuff around. We've been fortunate enough to hang around some great teams and, and listen to what they tell us to try to help us do better. They've been extremely gracious to share, and, and we always take that also to share as best we can. Mike, do they give you any advice on the white chicken meat that nobody is really turning in at KCBS anyway? No, no not yet, but we're uh, we're hoping in the next couple weeks because we'll be in Decatur this weekend. We'll be in Murfreesboro. We'll be up at the Royal that we can hopefully uh, find some, some friends to give us some advice and uh, – Chris is already working on that. She's the chicken person of our team, and uh, the chicken is all in her her hands. 
any idea if it'll be like a wing thing or have, are you guys going to be toying around with a bunch of different white meats to see what turns best? Because I would imagine the thing that you have to consider out of all of this when it comes to white meat is hold time in relation to how quickly it's going to be drying out. Right. We had a nice conversation. We were out in, in uh, Sparks with a, with a gentleman who told us to uh, look at the Cornish game hand breast. Now, how, how would that all plays out i don't i have no clue so we're we're gonna probably toy with that first and then if we have to go to legs we'll go to legs Hmm. interesting uh nonetheless uh all right uh mike uh, i've been asking everybody and by the way we're talking with mike peters from here piggy piggy barbecue he'll be uh, competing for the first time coming up next month at jack daniels although he's been down there three times uh, in the past for kcbs barbecue tour I need your uh, what you think your percentage of taking home grand champion is. Uh, I'm marking everybody's answers down so we can go back and look in history and see who is the most correct. So go ahead and give me your percentage of winning uh, next month. Oh man, we uh, you know the the barbecue karma was with us when we left uh, Lakeport. We gave our food to the uh, oh the Burning Man guys. They pulled up in a great big blue pig. So we got the jack draw. We were we were busting out the biggest bottle of Jack we could get. I, I think I, I would love to say more than, but I'll get. I'll say, I'll go along kind of with the crowd and say it, that 15%. 15%. Wow, uh, Mike, that's the uh, biggest uh, projection that we've had so far. Uh, Tippy Canoe and, uh, and my other guest, um, I'm drawing a blank uh, from last week. Uh, that was La Long Dogs uh, said both 10%. So you have upped the ante by 5%. I certainly uh, respect and appreciate that uh, given uh, my ability as a host here. So uh, Mike Peters will be down in Lynchburg competing in the Jack Daniels uh, next month. Uh, Mike, always appreciate the time and uh, continued success. Good luck next month. And, of course, as I've been saying to everybody, you win. Hopefully I get first crack at you that following Tuesday to recap the event. Hey, Greg, no problem. I sure appreciate being on. And I would have probably said 10% if I didn't trust my butcher, but uh, I trust my butcher, and he's been extremely good to us uh, all these years. All right, Mike, good luck. Thank you. There he is, Mike Peters. Trust your butcher. You know what that means? That means somebody is using somebody else's products. I'm being uh, very coy, I know, but really, that's my job. In radio, you need to tease. Uh, That's what we call a tease. And uh, what do you mean by tease? Well, I'm going to tell you about it here in uh, just one second. Mike Peters is the head cook for Here Piggy Piggy Barbecue, and he's the guy that rocks KCBS Barbecue Tour. Uh, So hopefully you enjoyed that interview. Now, what we were talking about, what I was teasing, of course, is the fact that Trust Your Butcher means Dave Bosca and Butcher Barbecue. You know, Butcher Barbecue Brisket Injections is the best-tasting made, deemed by highly skilled and qualified judges. You know, if this Skype, for backyard cook-offs sanctioned by various barbecue associations from around the United States and Canada, It's a simple-to-use marinade designed to be injected into the meat. I don't know about arteries or heart pumps or anything like that, but it's required to be injected into the meat to increase the moisture while intensifying the natural beef flavor. There's also a pork injection, too, which is very popular out there, both in the backyard and on the competition scene. Now, he's got great rubs. He's got great sauces out there, so you have to give those a try as well. There's a great new product that I've been talking about here for the last few weeks. It's called Grill. It's a new item. 
It's a revolutionary product that can flavor many different types of meats with some easy-to-follow applications. One way, of course, is through this thing called marination, where you place your meat in a container and cover it with enough grill liquid to cover product, and then you just go ahead and let it hang out, marinate for two to four hours. Now, there's a quicker way. It's just as efficient, and that's through injection. Injection? Injection. You use a syringe, you inject throughout the meat with this grill product, and you let it sit 30 to 60 minutes. Now, for full flavor, folks, you just throw caution right to the wind. Stand common sense on its ass and kick it right there. Use both methods for a full flavor boost. One item that can do both. For brining, you mix a half a cup of grill with an eight cups of liquid. For injecting, it's an eighth to a quarter cup of grill to two cups of liquid, and it's highly recommended for chicken. But after tasting it, you'll realize it can be used on ribs and steak and pork chops, whatever. It'll give you that moistness expected while adding great flavor. Now, I have an update for you. Dave is pleased to announce that he has been working very hard for the customers. Butcher Barbecue has worked out a deal with the United States Postal Service on priority mail shipping for all domestic packages. Now, all cost will be at a set rate of orders for $55 or less. Your shipping cost will be $7. All other orders will be nine bones. One way to trust your butcher for even more savings. That's right. All orders, $55 or less. Shipping at 7 bucks. Orders more than that, 9 bucks. ButcherBBQ.com. ButcherBBQ.com to get the injections, to get the grill, and to save flat out on shipping. We're going to come back with the Motley Q crew right after this. Broadcasting live from the Barbecue Central Radio Network studios in Cleveland, Ohio. You're listening to the Barbecue Central Radio Show. Once again, here's your host, Greg Rampey. Waiting for everybody to come in here. Good evening, Drain and Sweep. Ashley, I'm Neil. I need room 135, please. Hello? What, room room 135. 135. Hello? One, one moment. Thank you. Sorry, guys. We're, Hello? we're getting everybody on board. Okay. Hello? Matt? Yes, sir. Okay, let me go once around the room, make sure I've done this right. I can't believe if I've actually done it right. Uh, Mikey Z, are you in the house? I'm in the house. Mikey Z is in. Ron Walker, are you in the house? In the house. Ron is in. Matt Sproles in. Yes. Matt is in. Robert Riley, are you in? You got me. Yeah, baby! Four-way. Even with me, that's a five-way. It's never been seen before, not even the likes of Triple X movies. All right, uh, guys, uh, for everybody that's listening, by the way, we have all of the members of the Motley Q crew barbecue team. They are going to be at the Jack Daniels as well next month. 
and uh, contacted uh, Matt Sproles, who is better known as Mustard. Everybody's got nicknames here, which we'll get to here in just a second. But wanted to close the show out strong again with another team that has a very unique story. Uh, they have uh, four guys that are on this team. And I guess what, what I found to be particularly unique is the fact that, you know, you guys aren't all in the same city and you travel from uh, contest to contest because you're, you're a group of guys that live around each other. Pretty much exactly the opposite. But before we get into that, and I'll go with Ron on this one. Ron, give me an idea of, you know, how you guys got into barbecue and how you guys actually came about being Motley Q Crew Barbecue. Well, we, we were at a barbecue class in Houston, Texas, and we all met, and we got invited to the American Royal with another team, good friend of ours, habitual smokers, and we went out as guests, and when we saw what goes on at a barbecue contest, we all said right then and there, we, we got to do this. And we decided to... Uh, uh, join up as a team and we did a lot of practicing over the following year and actually our very first contest was the american royal now american royal is a, a huge contest when actually and saw the mess that you've gotten in were there any nerves were you like man we might have bitten off more than we can true or were you ready to jump right in we jumped in feet first <laughs> uh and mike how did that uh, first american royal go for you guys well it, it was um, uh, a thing where we, we each uh, took our meat and practiced on our own, and uh, we did probably under 500. We were under 50%. We were not so good, but we had a lot of fun. I was going to say, when you're heading out to that type of a setup where you got 500-plus teams, and a lot of it is crap You know, I've talked to a lot of the top pitmasters out there, and they said we could cook really good. A lot of it is just kind of a crapshoot, the tables that you're landing on. Uh, were you happy that initial turn-in with all your meats and you were just happy to be there, or did you think that you had a shot? Well, I think our goal was to finish over 50%, and, uh, we, and we were happy that we just turned in all the meats, and we had the time of our lives. We're talking with the Motley Q Crew barbecue team, going to be down at the Jack Daniels this year. Uh, Matt, let's head over to you. And I guess what I find very unique is the fact that, like I said here in the open, you guys aren't you know, all in San Diego, California, and you go around and you, you do barbecue competitions because you live by each other. Uh, where are you guys actually located, and how are you guys coming together to do these contests? Well, we got Onion. He's down in Louisiana, New Orleans, and uh, Mikey's up in Detroit. Got Riley out of uh, Missouri, and uh, I'm out of uh, Champaign, Illinois. And uh, you know, we we just make it happen. You know, we all you know, Mikey swings too, crashes at my house the night. You know, before we head to the Royal, we all pack up and head out. And you know, Onion flies in. You know, we used to do the the swoop as he calls it, pick him up at the airport and bring him all in. And it just it just it's amazing. It's total chaos. It comes together just so perfect every year for us. We just have a blast. It's you know, like it's a just, family reunion with the whole barbecue group and everything. You know, the external people and everything. It's just a wonderful time. I was going to say, it seems that the teams that 
are, are doing well. One of the things that they keep harping on is consistency, consistency, consistency. And you have a team like yourself. You got a guy in Louisiana. You got a guy in Michigan. You got a guy in Missouri. You got a guy in Illinois. Not necessarily very close to each other. So are you guys all responsible for your individual proteins? Or how does a competition actually work for you guys? Well, first off, they're... I'm the least of the cook of the of the four. I don't I don't cook nearly as hard as these guys do. But when you see the level of you know snapping pictures and check this out, what do you think of this? And you know the back and forth that goes on over the internet. It's you know it's just you know the dedication these guys have is unbelievable. I mean it's just you know and and, and every year it just comes together. We just we never have any problems. We just work together, and it just always works out. It's just, you know, we, we, we talk about this a lot, how it's just pretty amazing how it just it just flows. Robert, let me ask you this. Uh, what competition did you guys cook in order to be able to qualify to, to get into the draw? Well, uh, Mikey Z cooked the uh, Auburn Hills Michigan level contest this year, and he got grand champion, and just we just got lucky. Well, lucky, and you also uh, cooked uh, pretty well, I would imagine, to win that, right? Yeah, we try to. I mean, we, we uh, it's hard, you know, all being separated, but uh, we use the Internet and pictures, and, and then when we get together, we'll practice, and, you know, so we kind of know, like, if somebody's putting a light rub on there or heavy rub, that we're all on the same page, and it just works for us, so... All right, Robert, so break it down for us since you got four people there and you're all kind of flying in and meeting up at a location to get a cook on for the weekend. Who's doing the cooking of what? Uh, who are the pit masters and the pit bosses? And kind of how does it happen over the course of a weekend? Well, it depends on where we go. Like when we go down to New Orleans and cook, uh, Onion, since he lives down there, he's kind of the head cook and and he takes charge and we kind of do what he does. And when we go to Michigan, Mikey Z does and and I kind of take care of the the, the royal down here, so it uh, we kind of all do it. So we're kind of all it works out where we're all kind of interchangeable. So, and how many uh, Ron? How many competitions are you guys able to to cook together during the course of a year? Well, I get I probably cooked um, four four to five a year um, in in Louisiana, and some sometimes we travel out to Michigan. We do one in uh, uh, Grand Rapids, and we do the Royal every year, of course. So I, I probably do four or five a year. What about you, Mike? Are you trying to do a similar amount, or are you doing more or less? Um, about the about the same, probably uh, three to seven. You know, four to seven a year. Uh, sometimes it's impossible for us to be uh, due to all the traveling to be at every contest that each other do, but we all try to at least uh, come up to each other's area and, and do uh, one together. So uh, that's uh, so we get maybe three or four cooks in a year where we're all there at the same time. All right, uh, Matt, let me ask you this. When you're looking at getting down to the Royal, is, are you going to be dancing with what you got, uh, what got you there? I mean, you, you did one contest, you win it. Uh, I mean, it's not like you have some of the other teams that are doing 35, 45 competitions during the course of a year and, and just kind of it's like a, a weekend thing. It happens every weekend. They're doing the same thing every damn time. Uh, you're going you're gonna to use what happened up there in, uh, up there in Michigan? Are you going to change it up a little bit? What's the strategy going down to the Jack this year? You know, we we pretty much have always had a philosophy, you know, that 
when you're dealing with the Royal or you're dealing with, you know, we've been to the Jack a couple times with other teams and cooked with them or, you know, helped out, but this is the first time we're there ourselves. But, you know, you do what got you there. I mean, that's just our philosophy. I don't, you know, I know there's sometimes you got to make subtle changes depending on where you're at and things like that, but you, you just got to go with, you know, what your fundamentals are and what got you there and not let, let it freak you out. You know, I mean, that's, that's kind of the way we're going at it, you know, and so that's what we're going to do. All right, uh, Robert, I've heard through talking with a number of other pitmasters that, you know, since you guys have been down there in some form or fashion cooking with some other teams, but now this is your team. You guys have qualified. You're going to be down there cooking together. Have you guys game planned at all about some of the peripheral stuff that you're the ancillary stuff that you might be getting into versus just going down to focus on cooking your best and trying to win the damn thing? Well, no, we're not. I don't think we're really too worried about it. We're going to go do go down there just like any other contest and do what we do, and we're going to have fun. And we got family and friends coming down, and and uh, we're going to take our best shot at it. So I don't think we'll be doing anything different. So, will you be going up on the hill? Will you be seeing all the sights and all that stuff like a lot of the first oh, time yeah, teams? Oh yeah, yeah, you got to go up on the hill. So. Is there any concern at all that there's going to be so much other stuff that could pull your attention away that you might not be focusing enough at the task at hand? Uh, no, I think just the way we are personally, knowing each other, everybody, we'll be pretty focused. So we're not worried about that. So, all right, uh, Ron, you, you've, I'm sure you've seen a list of the other teams that are going to be there. I'm sorry, by the way, we're talking uh, with Mikey Z. We're talking with Mustard, Onion, and Pit Boss, better known as the Motley Q Crew barbecue team, and they're going to be competing in next month's Jack Daniels. Um, Ron, you take a look at the list. You see some of those other teams are going to be down there. Who's jumping off at you as you know some of the top teams out there that you are really kind of uh, anxious to go up against? Well... All the teams out there to get to get there, you had to do something really good, and we're just fortunate to be there. We, um, you know, we cooked pretty decent, and we had the luck of the draw, if you will. We got a one in five shot, so basically, we just want to go out there and do our best, uh, try and cook all our meats properly, and you know, let the chips fall where they may. Mike, do you? Uh, do you have a sense, I mean, since you guys have been cooking together uh, for a little while, since you guys are kind of in different geographical areas of the country, do you find that, you know, Ron or uh, Robert or Matt bring certain flavor profiles or, or certain regional uh, flavors with them when you guys go to competitions? Or are you, you guys able to kind of meld it out and make make something as one from uh, from many? Well, I think initially there was probably um, – those things where everybody had like a little touch of where they come from uh, but over the years uh, of cooking together and talking we do all kinds of talking over the phone and and and, and swapping recipes and doing stuff and and it's kind of melded into like our own style like which kind of has a little bit of everything in there so we don't really tweak too much to one area anymore it's more it's already been tweaked into like our own kind of thing our own style so how, how did you guys develop your own flavor profiles have you guys attended classes are you using the you know the blues hog sauce and the, the, the fire crackers or the smoking crackers or whatever it is uh, rubs that you know a lot of those other people that are using out there in the competition circuit that seems to be winning or are you doing something that is completely original on your own 
Well, I, I don't think we're doing anything. Uh, I think some of our, uh, you know, recipes are original. The, the way we've approached cooking the certain meats, or uh, the way maybe we may inject them, or or uh, that type of thing. Uh, but as far as you know, making our own rubs or sauces, uh, uh, you know, we're using. Uh, there's so many good sauces and rubs out there that you know we're using uh, the commercial sauces and rubs. And maybe doctoring them up a little bit to uh, suit, you know, uh, like what we think tastes good. What uh, what kind of a profile are you guys using? Is it like sweet and heat like a lot of people use, or is it something a little different? Um, you know, it kind of depends on, 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 on the meat. Uh, like uh, maybe the, the, the uh, ribs, we tend to go maybe a little uh, on the sweet side. Um the other things uh, we uh, we we stay away, we try to stay away from any extreme uh, flavors and and we try to get something that uh, is a a nice blend where uh, everything comes together the, the smoke the spice uh, the the sauce to just make it so that it's a, a pleasing combination. All right, we're talking with the guys from the Motley Q Crew barbecue team that's going to be taking part in this year's Jack Daniels. Uh, Matt, when I uh, you were the email that was attached to the website, and basically what happened is, you know, I, I work with a bunch of characters, uh, you know, at the AT and T store, and we happen to find out that we're both AT and T employees on uh, you know different sides of the coin, but. I'm like, hey, guys, take a look at this Jack Daniels list and go down the team names and just, you know, team names that, that grab you. Go ahead and highlight those names, and I'm going to start, you know, seeing if I can't track these guys down and do interviews. And three or four of the people I was working with on that shift highlighted uh, the Motley Q crew because I thought the name sounded great. So I Google, I find that uh, web page that you have, and, uh, you know, lo and behold, uh, obviously you guys are very big names in your own right, but there does seem to be another uh, teammate of yours who has uh, you know might be in, in a little bit uh, higher league than all of us and uh, his name just happens to be Guy Fietti uh, Food Network and uh, of minute to win it fame uh, so obviously the question is how do you meet him uh, where was he in his you know I guess stages of fame when you guys first ran into each other Robert well we met him down there at the class in Houston when we all went down there in 2003. And he was uh, getting the ready to or opening up a Tex Wasabi's uh, restaurant that's got sushi and barbecue in it. And uh, come down there, and we met him, and uh, we just kind of got along and went out and had a couple beers and uh, went to the Royal that year and had a great time. And, we, and when we went, the habitual smokers came in second that year. Hmm. And we thought, well, heck, we can do this. So so we formed our, our own team and, you know, just – uh, started trying to get together and do contests, and you know, so Matt. I mean, this is a guy that is is genuine. I mean, you you, uh, you know him. I guess before he was technically uh, as famous as he is now. Uh, is this somebody that uh, you know you can still talk to? And uh, that if he, if I guess if his schedule wasn't as busy, you think you guys would be doing just as many competitions as a as a unit altogether? Yeah, I mean, you know, he. He didn't have a he didn't have a TV gig going when we met, and and I, this is an honest story. People kind of roll their eyes when I tell them it's an honest story. I remember we was at David Close's house in the backyard having an onion was holding court with his gumbo he was doing, and none of us knew each other at this time. And I seen guy walk in, 
and he and he stuck out. You know, there was no doubt he was different than the rest of us. You know, and uh, and I remember calling and I talked to him for a few minutes. I walked away, was doing something. I was talking to my wife, and I said, you know, I don't know who this character I just met is, but I said he's he's going to be if he's not on TV, he's going to be on TV because I just seen this. You know, there was something about his personality, and he, you know, you know, people have come up to us and. You know, think you know, in diners is you know, is is that his real personality? It's who he is. I mean, it's who he is. The the sayings and the different things that he does. You know, I mean, that's how he's always been before TV. This isn't you know a, a contrived you know little deal. I mean, it's who he is. You know, so yeah, he's he's about as down to earth as you can get. And yeah, it kills him. One of the favorite things we you know he, we still talk about. You know, I was talking to him today, and we were talking about things. You know, the royal. You know, he misses the royal. That was like our homecoming every year. You know, and but his schedule just, you know, it is what it is. You know, he's a busy dude, and that's just, you know, the way it is. Man, part and parcel of uh, what he has going on. And I wonder, does do you guys have any type of an advantage? Is, it, is that somebody that you could lean on as far as introducing new flavors or uh, what kind of uh, ingredient to use with this kind of ingredient? Or do you have pretty much everything hammered, hammered out at this point, Matt? You know, we, I don't know. It's, you know, it's been kind of strange because, uh, you know, none of us were, have any professional background in this and he did. And, but he came into the group and, you know, and there was, there was mutual respect both ways. And, you know, it was never, you know, we just always, and that's kind of always been our whole deal is that, you know, everybody just throws their opinion on the table and we sort through it and figure out what to do and move on. So, yeah, I mean, you know, he's he's helped us with a lot of different things. You get stuck on something, you know, he's got a great background to help, you know, figure out what the problem is or whatever. But, you know, it was a learning experience for all of us at the same time because he was researching barbecue, you know, because he was getting into the barbecue on, on the, you know, on the on his business side. And, you know, we were all kind of at this learning stage at the same time. And, you know, so it was just a real mutual, it's just a real organic relationship we've had, all five of us. And, just been incredible been an incredible experience all right ron so what are you guys uh, planning on cooking on when you get down to the jack this year what do we plan on cooking on yes equipment wise? yes equipment wise uh two fat boys and we might uh have a cajun grill which is basically a grill smoker we might uh try and do some some of the chicken on but but the majority of the big meats will all be done on on the two fat boys, is backwood that, smoker. Is, is the backwood smoker something that you guys are uh, all on the same page with as far as cookers, or is that you know what somebody owns and that's what you're bringing? No, actually, Mikey Z owns the two fat boys. I have a competitor, which is a backwoods, basically two fat boys tall. Yep. Fat boys they have four racks. Competitor has eight racks. So. Uh, Mikey's style of cooking and my style of cooking are pretty much the same. Raleigh uh, cooks on a FE, and um, but we'll we'll be having the uh, cooking on the fat boys for the Jack. Now, backwood smokers have been very popular in competition, Mike, and you know I wonder why are you taking a look at with all the cookers that are out there and there's like a billion cookers to choose from uh, whether it be in the backyard or in competition but why do you lean towards a, a backwoods versus something else well when we first started cooking and uh we um we all had a when we traveled to each other's house like if you came over to do a contest up here i'd have to have all this stuff and if you went down to new orleans ron would have to have all this stuff and and likewise, we go to uh, 
uh, Kansas City. That guy, uh, uh, Riley, would have to have all this stuff. So we started cooking on WSMs because they were cheap and that you could buy two or three of them and then we could all cook on the same thing. And that's how we got started by, you know, all cooking on the same thing. So after a while, we kind of, we didn't get, uh, we wanted to move up uh, off of the WSMs, even though they're great cookers. So the, the backwoods just started coming out and they seemed uh, very popular and people were doing very well with them. And in a lot of respects, we thought they were like kind of like a souped-up WSM. So uh, we went with that, and uh, you know they're they're real good cookers, and uh, um, uh, we've had pretty good success with them. So you know that's what we're rolling with. Um, and um, uh, like, there's plenty of good cookers out there. I don't I don't know if ones you know there's one's better than the other. Or there's no such thing as the perfect cooker, but we're, we're real happy with the backwoods. All right, Matt. So uh, let me go ahead and ask you guys uh, before I turn you loose. I guess I'm going to, well, even better since I have four guys, uh, you can each have uh, 25% of the way in here. We'll start with you, Matt. Uh, as you go down, as you prepare for the Jack Daniels uh, next month, and of course you're going to be uh, prepping that uh, by doing the Royal as well, uh, for the Jack specifically, since it's kind of a, a Jack-based conversation uh, over the last couple of weeks, percentage of Motley Q Crew Barbecue team taking overall grand championship next month? Well, let me just put it this way. We've got a 100% chance to win it. And, you know, we go into anything, you know, it's not cocky. It's not, we respect everybody. We love all these guys that we compete with. It's just a great time. But, you know, it's that any given Sunday kind of kind of, you know, I mean, you know, we wouldn't be going if we didn't want to win it. You know, and we're so I just look at it. You know, we got a hundred percent chance to win it, and we're you know we're all we're just we're all in. I mean, right. We're just throwing it all at it. Finally, somebody brings a hundred percent winning. All right, uh, Robert, we'll go over to you. A percentage of you guys taking grand champion at uh, this year's Jack Dames. Oh, I got to have Matt's bet on back on this and say one hundred percent. Oh, look at these guys! They're coming strong tonight, ladies and gentlemen. No, no ten percent bullshit right here. It's one hundred percent. Ron Walker, uh, percent chance you guys are going to be winning the Jack Daniels this year? Go big or go home, baby. One hundred percent. Look at these sons of bitches! These guys. All right, that's a. If my math is right, it's three hundred percent chance of winning. And Mike, we'll end it with you. Are you uh, keeping a line here? Are you one hundred percent chance of winning next month? Oh, yeah, I'll borrow one of my oh. partner's uh, phrases. We are in it to win it. So, That's right. Yeah. Goddamn right. 100%. First team to nut up and say that they will win un, uh, unconditionally uh, next month at the Jack Daniels because that's what they're going. I mean, you're going to win, right? So I absolutely agree with that mindset, guys. Uh, we're with Mike, uh, Mikey Z. We're with Mustard. We're with Onion and Pit Boss, better known as uh, Ron Walker, Robert Riley, Matt Sproles, and Mike, is it Zemanik, Mike? Zemanik, I'm sorry. Zemanik, yeah. Zemanik, all right, good. Uh, and they are Motley Q Crew Barbecue Team. Uh, guys, I certainly appreciate the visit tonight. Very, very good luck to you next month. And as I've been saying right along, if you guys take it all, which obviously you guys have a very good percentage of doing, uh, hopefully I can turn you guys the following Tuesday so we can recap the event. That's good. Appreciate it. Sure. All right, guys. Uh, good luck to you guys, and uh, we'll talk to you down the road. Thanks for coming out tonight. Thank you, Greg. All right. There they are. Outstanding. Ron Walker, Robert Wiley, Matt Sproles, and Mike Zemenek. Uh, Motley Q Crew Barbecue Team. Look, finally, 
look, I understand barbecue guys. You want to be humble and you don't want to sit there and tout your own horn and say that you're better than everybody. I dig it. I, I mean, I'm, I'm as humble as the next guy. Uh, I'm not going to sit here and say, of course, that, you know, my radio show only has a 10% chance of beating all other internet barbecue radio shows. Because let me tell you something. All the other ones suck. Except for yours, Chad. Yours is pretty good. I'll give you that one. If you're not tuning in at uh, 7 o'clock on Blog Talk Radio to listen to Whiskey Bent Barbecue in the Pit on Fire with smoke and fire engines racing down the street, you're doing yourself a disservice. You're doing yourself a disservice. Chad is uh, doing something very uh, good out there. He's got a great person. Look, what do we know? Got to have personality to host a show. Don't have to do anything. You can just sit there and talk about it. Those who can't do have talk radio shows, okay? Uh, not in Chad's case, though, because Chad does. So uh, go ahead and make sure that uh, you tune in and you check Chad out. And he kind of gets you revved up and ready to go for the flagship barbecue show, uh, which is the Barbecue Central Radio Show, which is right here on OutdoorCookingChannel.com. And you can find it on the Mothership uh, Barbecue Central Radio Networks, which is the BBQCentralShow.com. And the first hour has always been simulcasted on LA Talk Radio as well. All right. Great show tonight. Thanks for everybody that uh, is in on the chat room taking part. And thank you to all of my guests tonight who were, in no particular order, Ted Reader. TedReader.com, talking about some burger stuff. We also were pairing beer with barbecue and grilled foods. You can catch that segment on iTunes or on the Archives homepage on Barbecue Central Radio Networks. Then in the second hour, we had Mike Peters here, Piggy Piggy. He will be at the Jack next month. He's also part of the KCBS Barbecue Tour. He says 15% chance of winning. So he brought it a little bit stronger than uh, Long Dogs and Joe Beelan from Tippy Canoe did last week. And then we had the boys from Motley Q Crew Barbecue Team. Mike Zemenik, Matt Sproles, Ron Walker, Robert Riley. Guess what? Chances of winning... They're predicting 100%. <laughs> Man's game, bitch. That's right. Appreciate that. All right. First, let me help you control the rusty grill grate population. Folks, if you have raw cast iron for crying out loud, season it after each and every cook. Use Pam. Use Crisco. Use something while it's still warm so it bakes right in and seals up. Keep the rust away. Once you get rusty, it's bad, bad, bad. Grows like a disease. Also, September 11th, 2001. I will never forget. Next Tuesday is already jammed up. So stay tuned for that. Until then, at 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, this is your program host and proud U.S. American, Greg Rempe. Good night now.